You are listening to a podcast from Vineyard Church of Augusta. For more information, visit vineyardaugusta.org. And welcome to Compassion Month, as Robin shared with you. Uh, it's a time each year for us to focus on God's heart uh, for the poor. Uh, Mary Margaret, my wife and I have been uh, part of this church for over 33 years, and I cannot recall a November in our church's history when uh, ministry to the poor has not been front and center uh, in November. Our theme for uh, this month is the wisdom of caring for the poor. We're sort of carrying on our series that we had back in September and in October on on wisdom from Proverbs, living a a good life. Uh, And we're going to continue on emphasizing how wise people should respond to the poor. Of course, Proverbs is not the only place in Scripture where we find God's mandate on how we should see the poor, how we should respond to them, how we should care for them. In fact, in the Old and New Testaments, there are more than 2,000 different passages uh, about the poor and how God wants us to treat them. Uh, The Bible's really, really clear on the fact that caring for the poor is God's will for his people, for his church. And as I study and as I meditate on this idea of God's will, whether it's doing, God, I want to do your will, or when we pray Jesus' prayer that he taught us to pray, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. One of the things that becomes more and more evident to me is this idea of God's will is very much God's good pleasure. I love that idea how those two come together. Uh, And just like Jesus taught us to pray, it is God's good will, his good and uh, wonderful pleasure for us as a people to serve the poor. Um, One of my favorite movies is uh, a 1981 movie called Chariots of Fire. And it is a base, it's based on the 1924 uh, Olympic uh, track team from the United Kingdom. And it's a beautiful movie, and uh, one of the main characters in the movie is a Scottish missionary by the name of Eric Little. He is a missionary to China. And in one of the scenes, one of my favorite scenes, uh, he has a conversation with his sister, his younger sister, who serves with him as a missionary in China. She is not pleased with his decision to leave the mission for a short period of time uh, to train and focus on being part of the UK Olympic team for the 1924 Olympics. And, and he's, he's explaining to her his decision, and I, I love this, he says, uh, God made me fast. Think about it with a Scottish accent that I cannot do. God made me fast, and when I run, I feel his pleasure. I love that. And there have been so many times in my 33 plus years here at Vineyard Church that I have felt God's pleasure over this church family. But I got to tell you, never more than when we are serving the poor. Never more than when we are serving the poor, whether it's feeding thousands of families each year through our storehouse food pantry, uh, purchasing, renovating, welcoming a homeless family into our compassion house, or or building uh, a school for young Haitians in a remote mountainous region, uh, giving them a school opportunity, providing electricity and water for them, really creating a, a village where there was none. And these are just some of the ways that your compassion funds 
for 2023 have gone to work to serve God's kingdom purpose. By the way, I do want to add, since we highlighted the Compassion House at the beginning, the mortgage on our $175,000 Compassion House is now less than $23,000. Thanks to your generosity. Thanks to your caring for the poor. When we serve the poor, I sense and feel God's pleasure over us, Vineyard Church. And so this is who we are, as, uh, this is who we're called to be as followers of Jesus, first and foremost, but this is also a big part of our heritage as a Vineyard Church family. Maybe you're here today and you've never been to a Vineyard Church before. You may not know that we're actually a, a global network, a global family of churches uh, with thousands of churches around the world and, and more than 500 churches here in the United States. Our, our founding leader, the founding leader of our movement, the late John Wimber, uh, he had a tremendous heart for the poor. And he used to, to, to talk about you know, Vineyard Churches. He says, guys, the, the, we need the poor to help us work out our salvation and the poor needs us. And caring for the poor was not just something that he preached about from the stage. It was something that he lived out in his day-to-day lives. He was known to have bags of food in his trunk as he drove through his day-to-day things in, in Los Angeles, being ready as he encountered people in need to care for them, to serve them. And when Wimber explained who God was calling the vineyard to be as a movement, he often spoke of this thing called the vineyard person, one who stood firmly on the word of God, the Holy Spirit breathed word of God with the grand narrative, the the great story of God and the kingdom of God given in, in Genesis, the kingdom of God given, the kingdom of God lost in Genesis, all the way through the kingdom of God fully restored in Revelation. Uh, And and the two legs of the vineyard person standing on the word of God with its narrative of the kingdom of God were worship and compassion. And if you've been around the vineyard any period of time, you know that we value worship. We value the experience of coming together as a church family, like we're going to do more a little later this morning as we sing our songs of love and our prayers to God. Uh, We're going to do that again two weeks from tonight uh, for an extended night of worship that I hope that you'll uh, plan to be a part of. Uh, Those are wonderful times, but even more than that, we are called to a life of worship, a life that seeks to honor God. In the way we treat our spouse or our children, the way we interact with our coworkers, the way we uh, use our bodies, the way we spend our money, the way we use our time, it's to be a, a lifestyle that God is calling us to. God's, uh, our worship of God welcomes his wonderful manifest presence. He inhabits the praises of his people. And this allows us in worship to experience the Holy Spirit drawing near to us, sometimes convicting us, showing us where we've sinned, uh, always in love, always inviting us into his grace, sometimes healing us, sometimes empowering us, but always transforming us. And as we welcome the Holy Spirit's presence in worship, he often leaves this wonderful deposit of compassion in our hearts for our broken world. 
And that's why these legs of worship and compassion, they go together. Uh, You can't take one step without the other. Uh, They both are vital to who we are called to be, first and foremost, I believe, as children of God, but also people who are called to be part of this Vineyard Church family. This compassion I'm talking about is not just a, oh, isn't that sad, sentiment. No, this is the same unction that Jesus had when he looked over Jerusalem and he had compassion on them and he wept over them and then he went and served and ultimately he died for them. This is the same kind of compassion that God is calling us to. To have. He wants to put that deposit of Jesus' compassion in us. He wants us to go out to our broken world to express his heart of mercy and also to, to, to work for justice in Jesus' name, the, the kind of God-ordained uh, justice that he is calling us to experience, to set things right where things are wrong. This was Jesus' mission when he was here on earth And this is the same mission he gives to us as his followers. Uh, He he says it so succinctly and so beautifully as he took the scrolls down in the temple, the scrolls from Isaiah, and he read his mission statement, which we find recorded in Luke chapter 4. The Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. So with all of this as a backdrop, now I want us to shift our focus to the book of Proverbs, uh, which gives us insight on how to live wisely, how to to live wisely. And we're going to see a wise and a right response this morning uh, to people in need. Would you guys pray with me? Father, Son, Holy Spirit, we love you, and we say that only because you first loved us and extended your love, your mercy, your grace, your kindness to us. We thank you for that. We thank you for the invitation to join with your good work, your work of loving, your work of serving, your work of caring for the poor in our church, in this community across this country, around the world. Lord, thank you for all the ways that we've been able to partner with what you're doing. Thank you for your favor. Thank you for the experience of your good pleasure. Lord, our prayer is more. We just want to be in sync with what you're doing. We want to be in the center of what you're doing. Not ahead of you, not behind. So Holy Spirit, we pray your blessings on Compassion Month here at Vineyard Church. Let it not just be three weeks that we focus on your heart for the poor, but Lord, let it be a time when our hearts are realigned with yours. Come Holy Spirit, be honored, bring your kingdom, set things right. In Jesus' name we pray, amen, amen. So when we read the book of Proverbs, we see very clearly that if we want to live wisely, we should not ignore the poor. It's very clear that care and concern for the poor are essential components for wise living. Now, our scripture theme for this month is found in Proverbs 29, verse 7. It says this, the righteous care about justice for the poor, but the wicked have no such concern. This is the NIV. Another translation puts it this way, that the godly know the rights of the poor, but the wicked don't care to know. 
And, and that's very easy. It'd be very easy for us to fall into that. It's like, you know what? I'm one individual. I'm a middle-class guy who's just trying to make ends meet. I'm doing, trying to live my life, not, you know, like, not tick anybody off and just sort of go along. And you want me to do something about this huge problem of, of the poor and poverty? Really? It's like, I, 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 I can't. So, you know, sometimes our response is just to be so overwhelmed and to, to completely disengage, and that is not the will of God for us. Our God is a God of justice. It is his will, his good pleasure for things to be set right for the poor, and he's calling his daughters and his sons to join him in that good work here on earth. He wants us to be concerned about the poor, and he wants us to be concerned about matters that affect the poor. A lot of times, we'll look at a situation, maybe it's a political issue or social issue, and we'll think, well, how does that affect me? And then we stop there. That's all we think about, rather than thinking about how it might affect the less fortunate, those who don't have means, those who are not able to access or or systems that we might have access to and privilege to to engage with. So it's important for us to, to realize this. Proverbs has a lot of instructions for those who want to be wise in our response to the poor. And when you read through the 31 chapters, Uh, Here are just some of the the wisdom that we find concerning our response to the poor, the ways that we are to respond to them. This is just sort of an overall synopsis. We're to care about the poor. We're to be concerned about the poor. We're to be kind to the poor, to give to the poor, to open our eyes to the poor, to not be afraid to associate with the poor. Our God of, of, of wisdom calls us to be mindful of the poor, to think about them, to consider how different things will affect them, to, to see them, and when you have opportunities to advocate for the poor. Proverbs 31.8 says this, speak up for those who cannot speak for themselves, for the rights of all who are destitute. Speak up. And judge fairly. Defend the rights of the poor and needy. Again, this is not a time for apathy regarding the need, no matter how great it is. And remember, when Jesus was here on earth, he wasn't calling us to eradicate poverty. He said, the poor you will always have among you. But still, he's calling us to care for the poor. I also want to note this morning, because I think it is important for us to note, that Proverbs has a lot to say about hard work and perseverance as a deterrent to poverty. So we need to be aware of that. Uh, It's not just, you know, it's looking at the whole of our lives, not just one aspect of it. That's what I love about the kingdom of God, and uh, is the fact that it wants to bring life to the full to every area of all of our lives. A few weeks ago, when Angela preached uh, from Proverbs, she drew our attention to Proverbs 6 and learning from the hardworking ant. I'm talking about the insect, not your mother's sister, all right? So just make sure we're clear on that. Uh, The writer uh, talked about the ant, observing the ant, uh, and he then directs his teaching uh, on the ant to a lazy person, and he says this, how long will you lie there, you sluggard? When will you get up from your sleep? A little sleep 
a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest, and poverty will come on you like a thief and scarcity like an armed man. Another passage, lazy hands make for poverty, but diligent hands bring wealth. All hard work brings a profit, but mere talk leads only to poverty. The craving of a sluggard will be the death of him because his hands refuse to work. Those who work their land will have abundant food, but those who chase fantasies will have their fill of poverty. Work is not a result of the fall, okay? Work was something God entrusted to Adam and Eve before they sinned. They were, they were entrusted with divinely given work and caring for the garden that God had entrusted to them. And if a person is able, they should work for all sorts of good reasons, including the avoidance of poverty. But I will also say this, poverty is incredibly complex, all right? I've lived long enough to see that and to know that. I know sometimes we get really comfortable with our generalizations and our stereotypes that were many, you know, if you live in the middle class, you're able to sort of have and hold dearly from afar. But when you begin to to meet and engage and and live life with those who we would consider poor or or impoverished, you begin often to see that poverty is not a one-size-fits-all social problem. Sometimes it is the result of an individual's decisions. Sometimes it is. Sometimes it's the result of someone else's decision and how the ripple effects of that decision affect this other person. Sometimes that's the case. Sometimes it's um, situational, circumstantial. Sometimes it's cultural. Sometimes it can even be generational. Poverty is a byproduct of the kingdom of this world, the kingdom of darkness, okay? Uh, it, It is. It's the reality of that. Our compassion ministry here at Vineyard Church is uh, is an outworking of our prayer to our Heavenly Father uh, for His kingdom to come and His good and loving will to be done right here on earth as it is in heaven. We're praying, God, come and set things right in the hearts and the lives of people in our community, in our church, people that we get the chance to serve. And guess what? This is to be more than a prayer. This is to be a prayer that also comes with the caveat, God, whatever you want me to do to be a part of that, I'm here, I'm willing, I'm available. And not only am I making myself willing and available, I'm making the resources you have entrusted to me available to join you in your good work. Everything that we do here at Vineyard Church in our compassion ministry and in serving the poor, we do it in Jesus' name because every remedy, every remedy, I don't care what problem you're looking at, every remedy for our world's brokenness is found in Jesus Christ our Lord. Uh, Period. Period. And so, I don't know how the church got into this idea that it's an either-or proposition, that either we serve the practical needs of the poor or we serve the spiritual needs of the poor. Where did we fall for that, that stupidity, all right? 
Why do we, I mean, this is an all, this is a both and situation. Our God is the God of the universe. Everything is available to him. And he wants us to experience life to the full. That's why Jesus came. The enemy comes to steal, to kill, to destroy. But Jesus came to bring life to the full. And now as ambassadors of his kingdom, he's calling us to go and to share the fullness of his kingdom. So yes, we preach the, good, the gospel of the good news of Jesus Christ. We share our God stories. We pray for the sick. And we also feed them and clothe them. We do that together. It's not a one or the other. So don't fall for that, all right? So we don't have to choose. We are a both and people, and that's what God has called us to do. So when we serve the poor uh, in our food pantry, and we're going to share more about that, just the remarkable year that we've had uh, next Sunday, uh, we, we offer prayer. We give food. We allow them to shop for their own food, and we uh, offer prayer, and it is rarely passed up. It is rarely passed up, and often in those interactions, we have the opportunity to share our God stories of what God's done in our own lives, uh, and, and to share uh, opportunities for like Alpha, inviting people to Alpha or to our church services or other small groups. And, and these are things that we do. We pray in Jesus' name, we serve in Jesus' name, and we love in Jesus' name because every remedy for our world's brokenness is found in him. So that is why we do that. That is why we do that. And Proverbs shows us a really powerful, wonderful correlation between our response to the poor and our relationship with God. It shows us how they're connected, uh, how they're, they're wonderfully connected. Consider some of these verses. Proverbs 14, 31, whoever oppresses the poor shows contempt for their maker, but whoever is kind uh, to the poor honors God. Whoever is kind to the poor lends to the Lord, and he will reward them for what they have done. Whoever shuts their ears to the cry of the poor will also cry out and not be answered. These verses and other verses in Proverbs give us good reason to realize that the way we respond to the the poor says a lot about our very own understanding and maybe even our own experience of God and his love, his grace, his mercy, his kindness in our own lives, that having freely received all of these things for ourselves, now we go and we extend them. We extend them to everyone, include, uh, including those who might be considered the least among us. In fact, Jesus speaks to this in Matthew 25. He made it really, really clear that when we serve those in need, that we are serving him. He said, truly, I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters, he's talking about people in prison. He's talking about people who were hungry, who had no clothes, who were thirsty. He's talking about all these kinds of people. He said, if you did, uh, one of the, to, did something for one of the least of these, you did this for me. The words of Jesus to us, to his followers then, to us today. And here is a truth that you can build your life on. God always, he always blesses obedience. And heeding wisdom's call to care for the poor, it certainly leads to a blessed and a beautiful life. 
It, it does. Uh, Proverbs 14.21 says this, that it is a sin to despise one's neighbor, but blessed is the one who is kind to the needy. Serving and caring for the poor, it, it, it certainly makes for a beautiful and blessed life. Um, the word for wisdom, you may have remembered this early in our series back in September, we talked about the word hukmah, is the, the Hebrew word for, that is used uh, in the Old Testament for wisdom. And it, it is so much more than an intellectual knowledge. Often in the New Testament, when this word hukmah is used, it's describing a skilled artisan, a, a, a skilled artisan or craftsman or artist who excels at their work. And we see that in the amazing work of our, of our God who created this amazing universe that we live in, this beautiful world that we live in. Uh, we see uh, wisdom being one of his traits and demonstrated in his creation. And I got to say this, we are all invited to access and to interact with this same wisdom and use it to experience and see him form a beautiful life with us. Relationally, I've seen that over the course of our many years. I, my, you know, I grew up middle class. I'm, we're a middle class family. We live in the suburbs. Uh, if we wanted to, we could choose to completely be very comfortable and, and just be very homogenous and very cloistered. And I'm so thankful that this church, that this is just not a place for that to happen, all right? And I'm thankful for that. It has made my life so much richer and so much more interesting for sure. Uh, I, I think back on some of the wonderful people that I've been able to meet in the context and interact with in the context of our ministry to and with the poor. I think of a, of a homeless gentleman that, that is a friend of this church. He comes sometimes and uh, he lives down the street in the woods and uh, we love him. He is a delightful individual. He is so kind and so caring. Sometimes he'll come and serve. Sometimes he comes to our food pantry. Uh, sometimes he comes and does some work for us. He's a delightful individual. I remember one day several years ago, I was in my office. It was late in the afternoon. Everybody um, had left, and we have a policy that when you know, you're the only person here, lock yourself in because the offices are in the back. So I, I'm in the back, and I hear somebody knocking on the door, and I see this guy. I know him. He's, he's wonderful. I, I love just having hanging out with him and talking to him. And so I thought maybe he needed some food. Maybe he needed uh, to use the restroom or yeah, I didn't know. So I went and opened the door. It's like, how's it going? We had a conversation. He said, hey, Pastor Reese, I was able to be at church yesterday, but I forgot to bring my tithes. And he pulls out this huge wad of, of bills, of dollar bills. And it's like, I wasn't expecting that. But it's like, why not? He considers himself part of our church family, although that may, you know, he has a, we don't have an address we can send uh, uh, his giving statement to, but, uh, but just like, wow, that's something. I remember people that we have known and encountered through uh, a ministry that we used to have at a ministry that no longer exists in its current form uh, called St. Stephen's. Uh, and St. Stephen's was a, uh, a house downtown for people who are HIV positive and at risk for uh, uh, being homeless. And we did the Alpha course there uh, several times. And, and, and in the context of, of that ministry, having dinner with the individuals who live there and being able to, to just share our God stories, but even more importantly, hear their God stories and to pray for each other. We pray for them and they pray for us and to see God's kingdom come and 
there, there certainly in the context of that, some, some ministry opportunities that I never, ever would have imagined. And it's an important reminder for all of us of the fact that the poor are never a ministry project, okay? The poor are always persons made in the image of God, always. The poor are never ministry projects. Um, and let me just say this. Some people that we care for and, and serve in, our, in the context of our ministry to and with the poor, some of them are just delightful. They are wonderful folks that we love seeing, you know, like the, the guy I mentioned that's homeless down the street. And uh, others are very difficult, all right? I'm not going to romanticize it because it's, it's, that's just the way it is. It's, you know, sometimes it's like, gosh, you are so entitled. And, and, but you know what? I know people who are upper class who are rude and entitled, all right? And then on a regular basis, I stare at one guy most every morning in the mirror who's middle class and sometimes can be very entitled, and his name is Reese, all right? <laughs> so if we're looking to avoid that, we have to pretty much just avoid people. But there are folks that we get to serve that are such amazing people, people that are so kind, so gracious, so thankful, uh, people who are looking for opportunities to bless us in the name of Jesus. And I am so thankful for the richness that being able to interact, being able to, to, to not just see them through a generalization or a stereotype, but to recognize that They've got a story. They're a person with incredible gifts, and God's got wonderful purposes for them. How can I bless what God is doing in their lives? In every situation, it's incumbent upon us to ask the Holy Spirit for his specific guidance. God, in this situation, what does obedience look like? What, what would you have me do in this situation? To ask him. And let me just say this, let us always lean into kindness and generosity, okay? Uh, let us always lean into kindness and generosity. Um, I, I remember about 20 years ago uh, when I first came on, as, when I first began my role as lead pastor, I'd been here for eight and a half years as associate, and our finance team, a uh, wonderful group of folks, we've been praying about some things and we just really felt compelled by the Holy Spirit to, to be aggressive in the debt that we had as a church. And, and so part of the thing we're contending with, okay, we want to continue all these ministries, we want to continue to be generous, but how can we also deal with this in a responsible way and be good stewards? And we, we really sense the Lord saying, you know, you're con to continue to be generous, but trust me. And, and we began to, to look for ways to, to restructure our debt, and God gave us just unheard of favor. With, with a local bank. It was just, it was, let me tell you this, banks are not thrilled about lending money to churches. I don't care how strong your giving is. That's just not something they enjoy doing. It, it's not something they're anxious to do, but God gave us amazing favor. Uh, and he just provided uh, you know, us to be able to restructure things in ways that allowed us to, to pay everything off back in 2019. And we don't owe anything on any of our property. Praise God for that. But we did that first and foremost, making generosity to the poor and kindness and ministry to the poor a priority. And so we want to continue to do that. We want to continue to lean into kindness and generosity. 
Holy Spirit, what does it look like? Whether it's you're serving in, in storehouse food pantry, or maybe when you are just out on your own and you encounter someone who has a need, make that your default. Make that the default. Holy Spirit, what does obedience look like in this moment? Help me to lean into kindness and to generosity. And that's what we're asking you to do uh, regarding our compassion offering that's coming up on the 19th. Um, you don't have to wait till then to, uh, to give, but we do ask this, that when you give, uh, make your check out to Vineyard Church of Augusta, but make sure you note it compassion offering or compassion fund. And everything that we receive, uh, earmarked compassion, will go to our compassion fund for 2024. Um, we want you to, to, to pray about that. If you go online uh, and give online, the tab, the drop tab says Compassion Fund. Uh, we invite you to, to give that way. We also want you to consider ways to serve here at the church. Robin mentioned a couple of our outreaches that are coming up, big outreaches on feeding uh, the poor uh, during Thanksgiving, our Thanksgiving gift boxes where we're going to give away all the raw uh, ingredients, frozen turkeys, the canned goods to make a, uh, a wonderful Thanksgiving meal that they can prepare in their own home. We're going to do that on the 18th of November. We're going to distribute 200 gift boxes to people that we get to serve throughout the year in our food pantry. And then on Thanksgiving Eve, that evening, and Thanksgiving morning, we are going to prepare, assemble, and deliver hot Thanksgiving turkey meals, individual meals to elderly and shut-in residents throughout uh, the CSRA. We'd love for you to be a part of that. And invite friends from other churches, invite friends, uh, out-of-town guests who maybe will be here for Thanksgiving, invite them to come and join us as well. But I also want to challenge you to look for opportunities in your everyday life. In your everyday life, and God, what are you wanting to show me about your love and your grace and your goodness as I encounter those around me uh, with needs, uh, that I would see them, that I would recognize them, that I would be available to you to respond? Because remember, the righteous care about justice for the poor, but the wicked have no such concern. So Lord, let us be people who have concern for the poor, concern that motivates us and moves us to action. That is our prayer. Um, when I listened, when I listened to the audio from the, the Compassion House dad, and I was so struck with his thanks and his, his line, you rescued our family from homelessness. You rescued our family from homelessness. And this morning, I remind you of just the, the reality that when Jesus came to earth, when he came and he showed us how to live, and then he died on the cross for each one of us, that he leaned into kindness. He leaned into the ultimate expression of generosity, and he rescued all of us from eternal death and separation from God. This is the gift of salvation, the gift of, of relationship with God the Father, God the Son, Jesus, God the Holy Spirit that he uh, makes free to us. It was costly to him, but free to us. But it has to be received by us. And if you have not yet received the mercy, the grace, the salvation, the kindness, the goodness of God, he offers it 
to you this morning, whether you're joining us here uh, on campus or you're joining us online. God loves you. He loves us. And he wants us to know and to daily live in his love. But this is a gift that we each have to receive. And we receive this amazing gift by first and foremost acknowledging our need, our need for forgiveness, acknowledging, confessing our sins by placing our trust in Jesus as God's son who came to earth to, to, to show us how to live and died for us, died for our sinfulness, though he was without sin, that we choose to put our trust in Jesus because he is God's son. And we open our lives to the Holy Spirit. We invite him to come, to heal us, to, to, to set us free from things that would seek to bind us uh, to, to guide us, to heal us, to empower us, ultimately to transform us, to make us more and more like Jesus.